This is Extra Points. I'm Garen Emig, along with my friend and uh, colleague, Bill Haston. We do this every week on the uh, Tulsa World Channel. Uh, we uh, ask you to read our, our, our columns more than anything, whether online or out of the, uh, the printed version. But if you get time and, and you have any kind of uh, interest, we also put together this little show every week uh, that we call Extra Points. You can download on Apple, Google, or Spotify. And we'll try to do our best to entertain you. Uh, and speaking of entertaining, Bill, I'm still thinking about not so much the college weekend, although there were some things that, that caught my interest on Saturday in terms of football. I'm still thinking about what Jinx did to Bixby uh, at Lee Snyder Field last, uh, last I guess, Thursday night. Uh, something you and I talked about on this show last week. Uh, my question to you, which feels kind of foolish now, is can Jinx do better than, than Booker T. Washington did the last time Bixby was put on ESPN and make a game of it? They did more than make a game of it. Uh, you, you, you. I got a sense that you thought the Trojans could make it interesting. Did you? But did, this, this had to surprise even, even you in terms of the actual final product. Well, there were about. <clears throat> if you, uh, I don't know. There was. I never got a number on the attendance, but there were. It was literally every square inch that could have been occupied by a person the other night was, and it, it, nobody in that except maybe maybe the jinx players and coaches because they always say we weren't surprised we expected that sure everybody else was surprised uh not that jinx won ultimately but that jinx so physically uh made us yeah in the game think about garen think about bixby's first two possessions punt punt three and out punt yep but he does that to bixby right Right. I mean, I mean, so just for I thought, well, there's a there's a small victory for Jinx right there that they they forced Bixby to punt twice in the in the opening quarter. Then there was the exchange of touchdowns. And then um, but but throughout that first quarter and beyond, there was a uh, a undeniable um controlling of the point of attack by the Jinx offensive line. And that was the difference in the game. Barry Lewis and I watched the game from the end zone vantage point mm -hmm. in, a, in a room in that football building. So we had the classic coaches film yeah. of the game, which really is a lot more revealing. And in some ways a better seat uh, really uh, for football, but you could see those lanes open up for the, for, for Jaden Carroll and for Ike Owens. And you could see why Jinx was moving the football the way they were uh, because their offensive line controlled the game. And, yeah. And it was just an, it was an instant classic. Uh, you know, if you take into account the streak, obviously you have to, that was the centerpiece of the whole event was the streak 58 in a row state record. Sure. Uh, they had lapped the previous record of 48 and you know, and the Today Show had already been booked for this coming Friday to do a live segment from Bixby, right? And now Bixby loses last week. Um, and I thought, oh, that's too bad. You know, they'll lose their Today Show. <clears throat> they're shot on the Today Show, but they're not. They're still going to do that. The Today Show, will, uh, at least one segment will originate from uh, – from uh, Bixby, um, I forgot what time it airs exactly, but it'll be a live shot with all of the players and the cheerleaders and the band. And, and uh, of course, uh, I, I still can't believe what I saw. 
because I saw a week earlier, Jinx trailed by 14 against Broken Arrow with seven minutes left at home. And I had already written 85% of a column that said Broken Arrow beat Jinx. This is no way for Jinx to go into Bixby week is losing to Broken Arrow at home. And then I had to rewrite that completely because Jinx rallied to win in overtime. And then Jinx gets hot last week. So now you you ask, is it a three-team tournament now instead of just two? And I say yes. Because uh, Jinx, Jinx believes now they're really good. And, they and you know, that offensive line I was bragging about, that's the first time that combination of guy, five guys has started together. And I asked Keith Riggs <laughs> uh, Friday, I said, is that your group going forward? And, and he was very sweet by not saying, yeah, you idiot. <laughs> They're pretty good, but he, he said yes. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. go on with these guys moving forward. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the first round of the playoffs are Friday in the big classes, and but the the district champions and have uh, first round buys. So, yeah. uh, Jinx does play though. Uh, Jinx does host the first round game. Uh, so it was an instant classic, just just an amazing, amazing ball game, and and a really kind of an amazing uh, high school football season. Really around here, classes three. Well, I would say even go back to two A, down to two A uh, through the big school level. It's just, but but Jinx Bixby really uh, put an emphatic uh, bow on top of the football season. Now we go into the postseason. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. You referenced uh, making this a three-team 6A1 championship. I was going to ask you if you thought this was a, more of a one-off, that this was a matter of jinx sort of you know, flexing and saying, oh, wait a minute, when people talk about football excellence when it comes to at least, well, really the state, it, sure, Tulsa, Tulsa Metro and the state, it's, it's jinx, it's not Bixby, because it's been jinx, not right. Bixby, for so many years. You know, you, you want to talk about greatest team of all time? It's not mm-hmm. Bixby, it's Jinx, 1997. You want to talk about win streaks? If you want to talk about coaching legacies, it's Alan Trimble. For as much as Lauren Montgomery has done, you know you know what I mean? It's sort of a starts and ends with statement. And I didn't know if you thought that they were, they were sort of, you know, putting their foot down just one night to prove a point, or if you thought that has nothing to do with it. This is a team that's getting healthier, getting better, and and is right. is all of a sudden really dangerous for everybody, and not just not just one night at Bixby. The key word in that in what you just said is healthier, because they were so uh, Jinx was so banged up with injuries through the first half of the season, and had ten starters out in the Union game, and just right. And several key guys to this day are not just won't play this year, or they're out for the season. Right. So, um, but as as Keith. Rick said the other day, we are now as healthy as we can be with the guys we have. And so, um, yeah, I'm sure there was a, a, a sense on the bus ride over there that, you know, we're, we're jinx and let's go over there and make a statement. But mm-hmm. I just, more than anything, a big game coincided with jinx being healthier than it had been all year. They make those changes on the offensive line. Ike Owens plays the best game of his life. Really had a great game. J.D. Yeah. Carroll, great game. Uh, and then, you know, ultimately, but I was so impressed too that Bixby got got behind the way it did, didn't quit, battled back. Right. And then you have a battle of onside kicks late in the game. 
uh, high drama, both of each of those kicks, those onside yeah. kicks, available for the taking for a no split. doubt. Bixby falls. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Jigs falls on both those kicks, and then the right guard. I should get his name on the podcast because he might have made the play of the game when there was a fumble at the one, and that also was a, a, an anybody's ball kind of a situation. Mm -hmm. And I thought a Bixby kid was just about to pounce on it. And the right guard, I believe he's the right guard, Gavin Kirby okay, of Jinx, fell on that football. There and made go. a great athletic play to do it. So they sustained possession at the one. Next play, Jalen Stanford punches it in for uh, a touchdown that made it a two-score uh, a two possession game or two score game. And it, sure. that's such a massive play by a big man, though. And a great mm -hmm. athletic play by a big man. So it was, it was uh, like Denver Johnson, former TU offensive Yeah, line. Denver Johnson. He, he Facebooked about it and <laughs> he, he, he said, you know, you, this was an amazing platform and an amazing evening for Oklahoma and Tulsa mm -hmm. high school football. And obviously for Jenks and Bixby. He's right. I mean, it, it was because most of those games, for whatever reason, most of those uh, uh, primetime high school games ESPN has presented lately, they've been blowouts. Yeah. They've, they've involved high-profile brand names, you know, but but the games have been like duds, like like Denton Ryan blowing out Allen a few weeks ago. And this was a, this was classic competitive high-stakes football with a great storyline on the on – the, uh, with the win streak and yeah. uh, pretty shocking outcome, but yeah, I think it's a union. I think it's a union, in no particular order. Union, Big Speed, Jinx, uh, or, or any one of those three, it, for different reasons, you have to look at. Like I kind of side with Barry Lewis when he says I still got to. He says I, I've still got to kind of lean toward Bixby as my favorite. Mm -hmm. The union's unbeaten and they got weapons all over the place mm -hmm. and beat Jinx by thirty-five in September. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then now all of a sudden, um, Jinx is healthy. Ike Owens is playing better than he's ever played. And they have the belief that they can win it all. And I talked this morning with Bill Blankenship at Owasso. Does anybody really want to have to face that guy? And and uh, an increasingly confident Owasso team, I would throw them in as the probably distant fourth to, to keep an eye on. But, I mean, they got hot in the second half of the season. And – this is Friday night is Bill Blankenship's 70th high school football playoff game. So nobody else on the bracket can match that kind of experience. So it's got to have value and we'll see. Who's in uh, who's in Bixby's bracket? Who's in their half of the draw? You know, off the top of your head. It would, be a, it would be a semifinal rematch with Jinx. Okay. So they play Jinx in the semis. Mm -hmm. uh, they wouldn't have any kind of a they don't have any kind of a dangerous situation before then would they i mean not even no okay i didn't i didn't figure i didn't uh, think i didn't think the no. class was that deep right mm. no 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 it's it's we're gonna have a rematch two weeks okay and it's gonna be epic it's gonna be on a neutral field um and because i've seen it now i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it can't happen again but what what the jinx the way Jinx won that game with such amazing physicality and beautifully choreographed blocking. Like I said, I mean, I wish I could kind of watch more games from that vantage point because it really is so revealing. But uh, you have to ask yourself, or we'll see, did Jinx kind of draw a blueprint for others to do to, 
to attack Bixby in a certain way, or would it, or did Jinx just have an amazing night of execution and you know dominant football up yeah. front and and you know and then Bixby counters and says, okay, we know what went wrong and we fix right. that and we go back to winning games. Uh, time will tell, but yeah. we'll we'll get to see that question answered in just a, a few days, I believe. Yeah, well. What was it? What ESPN kick you guys out of your spot up there in the press box? Is that what? No, I- we just knew the press box would be so jammed. It was a Tulsa World decision. Okay, that's yeah, good. No, no, no. We we made the right play. Okay, good. Much more elbow room. Uh, no, we had a lot more elbow room, and um, the hospitality uh, extended us was amazing. Uh, yeah, so it, was, we, it was really uh, Bixby Public Schools did us a, a real solid. Okay, letting us work out of that building. Out of it was, you know, I mean, it was the full disclosure. It was the athletic director's office, so it was a pretty nice workspace for us. Uh, yeah. Because Bixby, God bless Bixby, but they have a six A one power program and a three A press box, and they so eventually they will fix that. They'll, they'll build a new building uh, right. and stadium and all all the rest. But uh, yeah, it was. I, I can't wait to watch uh, Jinx play again uh, yeah. because this is an offense that a month ago had a real hard time scoring against anybody, and. And now, you know, they got all this swagger and these healthy kids and Ike Owens suddenly is, you know, he feels like he can do anything and beat anybody. And so I, that's why I say you cannot overlook <laughs> Jinx in the uh, – and everybody says that every year about Michigan State and the NCAA tournament. You know, Tom Izzo's teams are so tough. Yeah, and they don't have- want to play against Izzo's I, team. I'd rather, I'd rather play against Michigan State than Jinx. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I I think Jinx is for real in this tournament. So, uh, yeah, it, it's. By the way, I was thinking back on. Uh, I had to look something up, and then I thought the, the 08 football season around here for college football was really interesting. Uh, that was the 60 point Sooners, right? Didn't they score 60 in a how many straight games or something? Right. Broke all sorts of uh, records, right? Kevin, yeah. Kevin Wilson's original fifth-year offense, right? Okay. So um, I thought, wow, Tulsa was really good that year, too. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting, you know, coming off a weekend when everybody lost, including Arkansas to Liberty. The, the Liberty. I know Liberty. I know you don't probably shouldn't want to schedule them. So maybe that's Arkansas's fault for scheduling Liberty in the first place. I don't know when the game was scheduled, but still got to go win the game if you're Arkansas. Anyway, no, that's a that's a heavyweight against a middleweight. Anyway, you were you were saying really really good middleweight, but but you know coming off a weekend when uh, everybody got beat and 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 OSU just got embarrassed uh, by another Kansas opponent and OU came up short, right? Just the self-destruction Sooners came up short again. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's a lost season. I mean, how many, how many losses do these teams have now? Nine, uh, three, 12 losses combined. Is that right? The I three, think- oh, you talk about the three, oh, you OSU, uh, Tulsa. Okay. Yeah. I think 12. Four, so uh, yeah, that sounds right. In, on this date in 2008, the Sooners, the Cowboys, and the Golden Hurricane was a combined. They were a combined twenty-five and four. So, is this season miserable and underachieving? And yeah, all of that. But um, thankfully, it's it's an anomaly. 
to have all three. I hope it's an anomaly. Yeah. I, I don't, it, we don't need, we don't need this to get, look, as great as it is to have the high school playoffs back. And I, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty pumped to see all sorts of interesting scenarios, not just in 6A1 moving forward. Uh, you know, when the leaves start falling from the trees and you get a little chill in the air around here, you're supposed to at least have one school to really latch on to, right? And we've had at least one school. 2000, well, you mentioned 2008 being so good. 09, I don't, T, uh, Bill, you'd have to tell me how TU did in 09. I know that the two Bedlam teams were uh, yeah, kind of yeah. middling that year. They, well, yeah, uh, 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 OSU actually, that's the season I still say was Gundy's best job of coaching because exactly. of all the injuries, and he still got nine wins out of that team. But by the end of the season, you remember, I know you remember you were ringside for these game for that game, but uh, 2009 Cowboys could not get a first down. I mean, they were like 23 of 27 on third down in Bedlam and the Cotton Bowl lost to Ole Miss. So that's what led to Dana Holgerson being brought into Stillwater. Okay. was that miserable finish offensively. Of course, the Sooners were doomed from the start because Sam Bradford's uh, shoulder injury or collarbone injury in the uh, first college game ever played at AT&T Stadium. Uh, and then uh, TU took a big step back that year because – uh, uh, Todd Graham decided he wanted to call the offense. Oh, okay. And then Todd Graham hired Chad Morse coming off of that. And then Chad Morse lights it up and then goes on to Clemson and so on. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, a funky year, 09. But, uh, but, but we're talking about nine win Cowboy team and, uh, that was Nebraska, Texas in the Big 12 championship. So I don't remember. Was that the year OU played a bowl game? In they played the other yeah, beat Stanford in the Sun Bowl. Sun Bowl. See, so, yeah, they lost. Toby Gerhardt. Yeah, that's right. Toby Gerhardt. That was the year that uh, Bradford, Jermaine Gresham. Uh, they lost Bradford. They lost Jermaine Gresham before the year began. Then they lost Bradford before officially during the Texas game. That was it for him at OU. This and, is what you talk about when your teams yeah. have 12 losses by uh, November 9th. Well, let me – yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let me – well, here's – I'll, I'll fast-forward to, to, to the present real quick because I, I want to ask you about this. This is something that caught my attention this week. OSU, uh, for – I mean, we can come up with 10 to, 10 to 20 legitimate reasons they're struggling now, uh, especially compared to how they looked in beating Baylor and taking that big lead at TCU once upon a time. And it almost feels like once upon a time after the last two weeks in particular, but you know, what's interesting, Bill, I was, you know, I, just, just to catch a, a an, an idea of what the fan reaction was. I popped on the message boards. I, I don't believe me. I don't stay. I just, I just lurk. I lurk long enough to see what, what, if just, if nothing else, see what, what are the threads called? You peek. Cause you get on there, you spend more than 15 minutes on there. You got to go take a shower. Mm -hmm. uh, after that but i i did i did want to see how the fans were taking the the kansas loss and then i listened to a little bit of a, of a sports talk show on my way to gundy's press conference um monday morning and boy it sounded familiar for i've, I've covered ou forever and i'm used to that kind of reaction from a bad stretch of football from the sooner fan base i was a little bit surprised mildly that given what OSU did a year ago and given what OSU had done, despite all of the issues this season, that what fans were coming down hard 
on on Mike Gundy. Yeah. And well, I don't know if that's a result of, well, you're a little bit of a spoiled element now because Gundy's introduced more success to him, or if that's still Gundy being a lightning rod for so many of the base. And I thought I'd, I'd see what you thought of that. The the like the text messaging, I still correspond with a lot of the people I I who reached out would reach out to me in the years when I was on that beat. And I know a lot of uh, several of the OSU people I correspond with are really upset that Mike Gundy found himself in the position to be that inexperienced at, at behind Spencer uh, Sanders, and and then yet was continuing to have Spencer Sanders out in space and exposed to big collision plays, and uh, you know risking life and limb. Uh, out there running around when, um, but it's just, there's so many variables that have hurt OSU this year, including there had to be a step back, whether it's a baby step or a big one defensively, because you can't lose best ever in the program kind of talent collectively, Mm -hmm. at least in the conversation at linebacker, in the back end of the defense, right, and have it not affect you. Not to mention to lose the guy who tied it all together in Coach Knowles, and so they were. It was inevitable that there would be a step back there. But man, to to, to be in a position where uh, you have a running quarterback who has never finished any previous season fully intact, and by that, I mean, he hasn't played every game of any previous season. Right. And, and then you, you have to go – you have to go on the road with kids uh, who've never taken a meaningful major college snap. I mean, it's just a dangerous way to do business. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, Mike, I, I can see where they would be upset. I mean, yeah. that you should be more veteran at your backup quarterback position. you got to do something in the portal to make sure that's the case. And – and uh, that's just the way – that's just – that is a, a critical staple now of roster management mm-hmm. is, is to – I mean, how many how many games have we seen this year where the no, a, a backup quarterback has ridden yeah. in to save the day? It's happened all over college football. And uh, look at – I mean, you. I think you and I even alluded to this last week, but – Technically, TCU has gotten into the play, inside the playoff ropes, right? With a backup quarterback. Yep. Max Duggan did not start the season as the number right. one quarterback. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, was Mike Gundy the toast of the uh, Payne County a few months ago? No question. Was he the toast of Payne County a, a month ago? Yeah, he still was, uh, but. When when you when these fans are watching at home, a game from Lawrence, Kansas, and OSU finally punches in a touchdown, and there's a graphic that Fox rolled on the screen, and it says OSU's first points in 83 game minutes, mm-hmm. and you're you just played K State and Kansas, both good teams, and I'm thrilled to see KU get at bowl eligible. Uh, it would have been sickening had they not with this team. So I'm so happy for Kansas and Lapold, but, but 83 game minutes. It, yeah. The Cowboys weren't playing 85 bears and the 86. Right. Giants. 
I mean, right. come on, man. 80, 83 game minutes without a point. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see where uh, I can see where the fans would be upset. I mean, it's not a it's not a hot seat kind of upset. It's okay to be upset. I think. I no no it's a it's a well I I was we talked last week and I was critical of Gundy leaving Sanders in when he did as long as he did at Kansas State that that's still a mistake and I got Gundy admitted it I think as much the, the following Monday at his press conference here's Bill I think bigger picture what he's going to have to do because anytime the portal comes up he, he lands on I'm not a big portal guy actually he's see I think he's a medium portal guy he's not he's not like anti I mean Jalen Warren was a portal running back last year. Tay Martin was a portal receiver. Those are the two best skill players around Sanders that, or the most productive skill players that OSU had, right? Around Spencer Sanders, Christian Holmes, their uh, their ace uh, cornerback, was a portal guy on defense. Uh, it, it, Israel Antoine, they they picked up Colin Clay, they picked off in the portal. He he uses it. He just I don't think is is as uh, is as all in as other coaches. And I'm not saying he goes from you know, a, a, a five, four or five to a nine or a 10. But I do think this season is going to have to tell him something differently about his philosophy. I'm not saying ignore the high schools in Texas and Oklahoma in particular. I'm not saying, I'm not saying at the expense of necessarily uh, what you've been, how you've been doing business for 18 years, because I'm not, I'd be crazy to argue against what Gundy's uh, mold is given the success overall that he's had. But, but this year has got to show him, if not at quarterback, that you've got to start getting a little bit more serious about how the portal can fill holes that are going to come up. Yeah. That's, I, that's gotta be his, maybe his biggest philosophical change moving forward out of, out of this season. Yeah. And I mean, and the, you know, the truth is too, it would, no matter how you feel about NIL and the portal, uh, if you really, really do embrace it, then then just own it, and that's fine. And that's what you should be publicly. You you should embrace it. You, but if you don't really love either of those pieces or both, keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't don't stand up there on Mondays at the podium and talk about it. So, uh, but no, no question. He he has to. Uh, I mean, Spencer Sanders has his COVID year left, right? He has the option to come back. He can come back, right. Do you expect him back? I don't. I Right now, I, 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 yeah, I don't know, Bill. He's so, he's just, he's just a different guy. I, I wouldn't think, but there, I don't, I never asked him if, if he had serious designs on throwing an NFL pass. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how he rates as a, as an NFL quarterback. I don't either. And um, so, I mean, how important is that? And, and the other thing is, I just, uh, Kelly Hines, our OSU beat writer, had a story in, in the uh, today's world about him picking off an NIL deal with, uh, with yeah, basketball Joe. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you, and I'm not, he's not going to make a million off that, right? But th- what I'm saying is, it's not like, it's not like you're the starving college athlete any longer if you're a quarterback at Oklahoma State. Well, that's true. So, I, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. Well, when I when I guess that he won't be back, it's 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 totally a football guess, right? My, you know, not not a social or lifestyle or whatever, but right. I just I just if I'm maybe if I'm him, I'm thinking, you know, probably the Fiesta Bowl is probably as good as it's going to get, because um, it takes 
not only a great team, but some luck to get into the playoffs. Right, right. And after five years, there's a sameness, you know, um, and maybe for a young guy, maybe maybe you're just ready for a change. I don't know. I'm. It's a guess, but I'm just saying. Uh, if you do get a bonus year out of him next year, uh, just you know, by virtue of t- the passage of time, makes you more veteran at those backup positions. But right. they still won't have had much in the way of right game reps. I don't know. I. I you know, I mean, the the best player of the Gundy era waited three years to get on the field. Three years. That's That would never happen today. Never happen today. Brandon Whedon would not wait three weeks to get on the field anywhere today. That's right. Years. But he did. Yeah. And uh, they should go ahead and put Whedon on that ring, that, they're, that little fancy ring they're doing there at the stadium now. Put Brandon Whedon up there because he changed the program. Mm-hmm. He did. Put I, I, I would. You know what would be cool if anybody from OSU is watching, and I'll make sure they are because I'm going to send Kevin Clintworth a link to this. They they should induct or uh, they should induct into onto that ring or or include on that ring uh, Whedon and Blackman, which is the first hashtag I can remember after I started on Twitter. Was was a W. The numeral two B hashtag W. Uh-huh. I think Whedon to Blackman was the first hashtag I was ever aware of. Yeah, that wasn't specifically an OK State or a Sooner. Yeah. Right, right, you know right. I mean? uh, where you just were trying to start a movement of some sort or, or whatever. But it was it was Whedon to Blackman. Uh, maybe it was even spelled out. I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, I think it would be cool to see Whedon and Blackman going together. And yeah. I think it would be a great gesture for the university maybe to uh, extend some kindness to a guy who's had a rough uh, last Yeah, time. no doubt about that. Yeah. No doubt about that. All right. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else there is to say about OU, Bill, before we get out of here. They're, they're just, they are who they are. Um, I watched uh, Brent Venable's show in its entirety last night, and it was so interesting. The uh, show? The, you mean like the one he does at, uh, at the barbecue yeah. joint in yeah. Norman? Yeah. yeah, yes. With, with Tell me about that. I, I didn't catch it. It was good. I mean, I mean, it was. Uh, uh, it seemed, uh, in a sense, kind of cathartic for Brent, uh, because I mean, Plank and Teddy Lehman uh, barely even spoke, except uh-huh. to kind of introduce or, or bring right. back commercial, and then just set Brent up with a, a a question, and Brent would go. As you know, I mean, I guess he's like the longest, most long winded guy ever in football history maybe i don't know yeah. isn't he isn't he a hard guy to transcribe like really 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 long-winded but but it was it was really really good and um you know he talked about everything i mean the he he recounted in painful detail uh everything that happened in the baylor game that was a swing play here or there mm-hmm. don't do this you win that game. Or if you don't make this penalty, you're kicking a 30-yard field goal instead of a 55-yard field goal, ultimately, in that possession. Or he, 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 like, eight examples. If you don't do this, this happens. Or if you do this, I thought it was really, really and, – and it, it just goes to show you that there's – in every game, especially, yeah. obviously, uh, most close games, there's, like, three plays that turn the, turn the decision one way or the other. And – he seemed uh, 
broken hearted, uh, a little angry, um, sick to death of getting beat, um, you know, and I, I know that any, any suggestion that he might not be up to it, he might not be a head coach. That's just garbage. Uh, I, 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 I know we inherited a roster that was in tatters and a defensive culture that was uh uh I'm not sure what I'm not sure what OU's defensive culture was before this year. I mean we thought it was we just kept thinking Grinch is building and building or something. I don't know. Um I just think the the rebuild of the Sooners was uh, a heavier task mm-hmm. year one than Brent or anybody expected it mm-hmm. to be. So I, I think it'll be great. I mean, didn't Bob lose five times in his first year? Yeah, here it, it, and I'd say this. Here's the problem, and this is and this is just the way things go. You talked about the turns the season can take. The problem is Venable's team was three and zero, and after taking care of Nebraska, you had people putting him in a playoff. Yeah. Well, that was just muscle memory, though. Right, but I'm just saying, you he got you take the the high that the fan base was on for the time he touched down at Westheimer mm-hmm. Airport back in December because this was the savior, you know, coming to the rescue after what Riley did. You take all of the goodwill and all of the good good vibes that he, that built up over nine months, combined with a team that that ragdolled Nebraska and Lincoln, and had the look of. Uh, of a contender, national contender. And Brent Venables had the look of a, of a miracle worker on defense because the defense was doing things that hadn't been done since Brent was here the last time right? when he was coordinator. So he is uh, ironically a victim of, of his own hype and his own success. And that's, that's unfair. But I, I think part of his reaction, you talk about use the term broken hearted. I think part of his reaction is he believed that he was transforming a lot a lot of things in that program a lot of things and and not to say that he ever thought it was going to be easy but i think he thought it was happening and what and what's taken place since that nebraska game is the realization that that a a transition is hard even at a place like oklahoma even for a a coach as as uh, proven as venables a defensive coach transitions are hard man and there's just no way around this one there just isn't and uh I think that's a lot for him to to to, to take because he's yeah. one of the most competitive people I've ever met. Yeah, I'm sure it eats at him. And I just uh uh but the 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 turnovers and the uh and the run defense, Garen. I mean I mean this is four games now this season right. that the OU's given up at least two seventy five on the ground. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. 119th in the country in run defense, last in the Big 12 by a mile in run defense. And you say, oh, they're running it well, though, but that Eric Gray run game doesn't counter. Giving up 200 yards a game. On the, the only thing that counters that is uh, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, or Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. Sorry about the last guy, but it, that's a fact. OU is not 5-4 and four if Caleb Williams is the quarterback, even with this defense. They're, they're not. They're Seven and two, maybe at worst, probably seven and two. But they, they are, when I say they are who they are, it's a team that's got a subpar defense still. That's going to take much more work, and and they've got an offense that's very very good, but not as good as it was 
when Lincoln Riley and even and even Bob Stoops toward the end of his run was overcoming lack of defense with just stellar offensive play and quarterback play. Right. It's not happening. Not with not not with Dylan Gabriel. Not with this team. So well, anyway. it's uh, no. I mean, it, it's it's unfortunate that the, the all three teams in the state are. Uh, and I got to say, I mean, I thought when know when OSU was uh, still winning games as deep into the schedule as they were, I kept thinking, man, they're doing this with mirrors because I know they're not that good up front. I know mm-hmm. that they they don't really have classic old right. State. Oklahoma State backfield talent, and I know what they what they've uh, lost what they lost on defense, and yeah. and I thought, wow, man, this, these are like these are like like Gundy said after the bowl, you know, we got a logo too. These they had some logo wins on their schedule where where they just kind of found a way, uh, but mm-hmm. the, the the damnedest mystery to me of all. Of all, all ongoing or recurring mm-hmm. situations in Oklahoma sports is why or how Oklahoma State has not been able to get a handle on its offensive line uh, really for 10 years. Most yeah. of 10 years. I don't get that. I mean, was Joe Wickline – is he is – he, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith is hilarious. Uh, what's he talking about? Wickline? What's he say? Something? No, no, he's just he's uh, he's on. I've got him muted, but he's funny when he's when he's funny, even when he's funny. muted, huh? Yeah, uh, but I mean, Joe Wickline was uh, they've just never been the same, and they've had a revolving door there. How many coaches have they had? Uh, do, do, three, since I, three since I've started writing about him, four. Or since Wickline, yeah, there was a one and done guy in fourteen, and okay. and he uh, he he left after the fourteen season. Well, I I asked uh, Bill, I asked Gundy two weeks ago when it was brought up at his presser if the uh, revolving door had anything to do with it, and he he shot that right down. I I said you've had three since I've started writing columns about your program, and that's been since sixteen. So, right, that's that's yeah. a little bit of a turnover situation. No, he, I, I guess I didn't expect him to say, yeah, we've been. <laughs> We've been kind of screwed there, but he's dismissive of that. It's he says it's not the transition of coaches. So then, what is it? Right. I mean, I know I, I've recited these stats so frequently over the years, or so much over the years that I I don't even have to look at the notes anymore. But from 06 through twelve, they were either first or second in the league every year in rushing, and they were first every year in fewest sacks allowed. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Whedon, in his 26-game career as a starter, I think he was he was sacked 20 times. Uh, and I can't even say that with all certainty because they gave up 20 sacks. Maybe his backup in a couple of blowouts got knocked down a few times. I don't know. Yeah. But they just didn't – I mean, Brandon Whedon, his uniform never got dirty. Yeah. And uh, And then only a couple of years after that, 14 season, they gave up 40 sacks. 15 season, 32 sacks. Uh, you know, you got a Mason Rudolph out there as a developing NFL potential type of guy and lighting it up in the passing game and just getting the you-know-what beat out of him every week. So 
they, I, I don't understand why they haven't been able to. I mean, you still got Rob Glass there to develop these guys, right. but why haven't you gotten the right either combination of big men or the right? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I yeah. just know they were they won a ton of games from 06 through 12 because of their offensive line. And I saw it time and again. And I saw them go to College Station on a hot day, come from a come from behind from 17 down at halftime, and wear AM out in the second half. And AM's guys were had their hands on their knees and always used big men or standing tall. Mm-hmm. And, and uh you just don't see that anymore. Yeah. Hey, that to me, uh if you could have combined that kind of offensive line with a healthy Spencer Sanders. Uh, if you had that kind of offensive line last year, you, you're looking at a playoff team mm-hmm. and maybe a champion. I don't know. I don't get why this is this has been a 10-year thing for Oklahoma yeah. State. All right. Well, we'll work on this mystery and a few others between now and, and next week's show. Uh, folks, thanks for reading. Thanks for listening and watching if you choose to do it that way. Bill and I will be back next week to discuss uh, round two of the high school playoffs. And I suppose we ought to talk about Bedlam. <laughs> it's all of a sudden it is next Saturday in Norman. So we'll, uh, we'll go back. Wow. And, yeah, no kidding. Where'd the season go? Sooners and Cowboys get together again. We'll discuss that. I wonder what the early line is on that game. I haven't looked. I would guess OU by four. I would guess uh, three, three and a half. I don't a lot know. of these last two performances by the Cowboys. I, I, I bet it's seven and a half. Nah. I bet you. Vegas isn't too high on OU either. I think they're just a field goal favorite at West Virginia this weekend. So I I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. I went on record weeks ago saying that OU's best game of the year this year will be Bedlam. They will show up and have their best game of the year in Bedlam. Well, right now, the OU's best game beats OSU's, and I might have said the opposite before uh, – the Cowboys went to uh, Manhattan, Kansas, but I'm yeah. Now, now there's there's no way around that fact. So anyway, we'll talk about this uh, more in detail next week. Thanks very much, folks. Seriously, enjoy uh, enjoy the rest of your day.